Hello, welcome to Would Like to Meet podcast. I'm your host, Mairead Lockman, matchmaker and dating specialist and the founder of lovehq.ie. I've successfully sent over 6,000 people on dates since 2016 with countless engagements, babies, marriages, long-term relationships and millions of kisses along the way. This podcast will help men and women to embrace their single life, ensure positive dating experiences, have great relationships, never miss a romantic opportunity again, and most of all, help you to find real long-term love with your someone special. So today I have Jerry Hussey, author of The Awaken Your Power Within, Let Go of Fear, Discover Your Infinite Potential, Become Your True Self, and co-founder of Soul Space. How are you today, Jerry? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today on Would Like to Meet podcast. Um, it is a real honour. I actually put questions out on my Instagram about six months ago of who they would like me to have a chat with on our podcast. And actually, you were the most popular, so I'm delighted to be able to speak to you today. And I know a lot <laughs> of people you. are going to be delighted with our conversation. Um, look, I've mentioned your book in the intro there. I've read and listened to it and absolutely love it. It has been number one for so long. You must be absolutely thrilled. Have you any other books coming up? Um, well, the good news is I'm after signing a deal. So when, when I wrote the, this book, um, there was two pieces in this book that were really, I'm really passionate about those two pieces of work that I thought were really important. So I put them in this book, but it, it's, it was hard to get them to fit into this book. And then the book size became too big. So yes. things when you're writing a book is it has to be, you know, there has to be a flow. So what we have is we took those out and instead of reducing what we had, they allowed me to expand everything. So they said, forget about book size, just do it. So then what we realized was the two pieces that didn't fit into this book were actually a book in themselves. And um, so there's two more books to come. And I'm delighted to say that I'm about to sign a deal where um, the book will be published all over the world. Uh, We have a US publisher um, who has worked with the likes of Brené Brown, um, Deepak, um, Fantastic. my idol. So, yes, this book is now going to the US uh, and, and worldwide, and then there's two more books to come. Um, and I'd say if you enjoy the first book, so this book kind of takes you on the basics, the opening up of my adventures, my discoveries about the mind, the body. Yes. And then these books are moving beyond that then and looking deeper at what is it that causes so much fear uh, as human beings why are so many of us so anxious why are so many of us restless why are why are our hearts and our souls restless and in a world of seven billion people why are so many of us lonely so begin to look at the human condition in a really deep way and um and ask the bigger questions why why are we as restless as we are i think it's really important from i suppose listening reading the book and listening to it as well um I think there's a lot of people that maybe even didn't realize that that was going on. You know, I know possibly it's something that you realized earlier in your life or throughout your life. But I'm sure during it, like there was a few little things that maybe I hadn't even realized in my own life as I was listening to it. And I was thinking, oh, wow, OK, actually, that's kind of happening to me as well. But I just didn't maybe stop long enough to realize it. So thank you for that, because even just asking those questions can sometimes bring us on our own journey as well which is fantastic. Um, Yourself and your wife, Miriam, set up the Soul Space community. Tell us, I suppose, how how you came about that and what is it exactly? 
Yeah, it's uh, our business is called Soul Space, um, and we look at what is the human soul, what is the spirit. But we very much look at an integrated approach to health uh, and wellness. So we look at you know everything from brain health and the brain science to gut health. What is the central nervous system? How does uh, certain foods uh, affect our microbiome, our gut? How does that impact with our health? So we look at very much from an integrated point of view on the physical body. And we didn't get into like, you know, we've experts in gut health and, and brain health and, and central nervous system and all the good scientific stuff that we need to know about the body. But then we also move beyond that and we ask about the emotions in the body because the emotions can't be detected within the physical body. So we begin to look at what is it that human being is. So the human being is matter. It's mm -hmm. chemistry, yeah. but it's also electricity. So we know there's a mass of electricity flying through the body all the time. So electricity is energy. And the more we try to research within the body, where is that gener electricity generated? We thought for years, maybe in the brain, but now with new technological and new advances in neuroscience, we realize that even the electricity, the thought is not generated within the body. Okay. So ask the question, well, where is, where is my thought? Where is my consciousness? And even the best brain surgeons in the world at the moment of neuroscientists are kind of beginning to admit we don't really know where it is, but we know it's not in the brain. So when we look at psychology, which is psychology, ology is the study of, and psyche is the human soul. So what is the human soul? What is the human spirit? Where are, Where is this energy coming from? And that's what we look at. So we very much look at the science behind the physical body in an integrated point of view. And then we begin to look at the science beyond the non-physical or the metaphysical or the quantum, whatever you want to call it, what are thoughts? What are emotions? And where is consciousness? So it's getting people to ask bigger questions. That's, what am I passionate about in life? That's partly why I suppose I have started the podcast, would like to meet. And like we're talking to yourself, we've also got neuroscientists on everything because love, as you know, is obviously a huge emotion and very important emotion that most people will hopefully have the, the pleasure of enjoying within their life and everything. But if it was so black and white, everybody would be happily married in a relationship. You know, there'd be no need for me anyway, matching people up all over the country. Um, so I suppose that's why we kind of started this. So it is a fascinating kind of area because we don't know, like there's no exact measurable that we can say yes or no to this is exactly how love happens which you know obviously is is a great topic for conversation with yourself um what's next is planned for the community of soul space so i i think it's it's starting at that question uh, you know for me you're right i think love is one of the most fundamental factors that keeps a human being he healthy or makes makes people sick yeah. So there's only two human emotions, fear and love. We know that our central nervous system, when we feel love, when we feel lovable, when we feel connected, the central nervous system fires certain chemistries. We know that the act, certain aspects of the brain are activated. We get rich in dopamine, in, in uh, neuroephrenine, so that we are chemically different. But when we're in a state of fear, it fires a different part of the central nervous system. It releases cortisol and adrenaline. So I want people to know that depending on whether you're living in a state of love and gratitude or a state of fear, you're, chemi you're chemically changing the body, you're physiologically changing the body. So we ask people first and foremost, is there enough love in your life? Is there enough happiness in your life? And the biggest question really is when you look in the mirror, do you love the person you see? Because the relationship you have with yourself 
is actually the is 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 the basis for all relationships in your life. And you can't allow someone into your life. You can't allow someone to love you fully yeah. if you can't allow yourself fully. So what we do in the soul space community is we we ask people bigger questions. Is this the life you dreamed about? Yeah. Is there enough love and richness and laughter in your life? Is your life full of passion? Are you living from a state of love or are you living from a state of fear? And we begin to work with people to change that from an emotional point of view, from a chemical point of view and a biological point of view. So we begin to experience more love, more joy and more peace each and every day. How do people tend to react when you ask them those questions? Because one question that I always ask people when I meet them for matchmaking is, are you happy? And for most people, they're like, tell me all about themselves and they're like where they work and, you know, what they like to do for fun and everything. And when I say the words, are you happy? Hmm. I'm I'm never. I'm sorry, I'm actually always surprised by the change in their energy straight away. For some of them, I don't think they've thought about it before. So how do people do you find react to that question? I think people are surprised when I ask questions like, is this the life you dreamed about? Is there an abundance of love in your life? And do you love the person you see in the mirror? Because we've been socially conditioned by certain things. So when we're school, we're told, if you study hard and get on well in your exams, you do well. If you work hard, the word hard starts to come up. So we start to believe that life is hard and that hard equals success. So we begin to forget that life should be joyful and happy. So we get conditioned then we start, people start to tell us, you know, if we do this, you'll be successful. If you get that. So now we're beginning to believe or we're conditioned that success and happiness is in something that lies outside of us. We begin to study the theorem of Pythagoras, the work of Plato, the work of Aristotle. But nobody ever asks us about us. Who are you? What do you believe in? So for entire school life, we're conditioned to believe that life is hard and to get anywhere it has to be hard. You're not that important. What's really important is the people, other people, other people's lives and other people's theories. And you sit there as an empty vessel, you're taking information and your relevance in the universe is based on how much you can remember other people's work. Absolutely. Because one of the things I say to people is tell me a little bit about your personality, you know, or tell me a little bit about yourself. Mm. And very often words come up like I'm very loyal. um, I'm very reliable. I'm very basically words that describe how other people would see them, how they give Mm. themselves to other instead of them describing who they are as a person. So, Mm. you know, I think some people live their life for other people or do things so it'll be seen through the eyes of others or felt through the heart, we'll say, of someone else. And they give so much of themselves instead of starting with themselves. It has to start from inside. And, uh, you know, in life, I think you're either on a mission to live a life where you're searching for social affirmation Mm -hmm. or you're living a life where you're you're committed to self-expression. But unless you know who you are, unless you're not afraid to express who you are and your ideas and how what makes you different if you can't express yourself fully then how can you ask the, the the world to see and love you as you are so i think unfortunately a lot of people through the work we do the cars we buy social media profiles and filters what we're trying to do is we're trying to fill this hole in our soul and the hole in the soul is filled because i'm denying part of myself i'm suppressing part of myself i'm telling myself that part of me is not good enough so that begins to create a hole in our soul. And then we try to fill that hole in our soul with social affirmation. 
but there's never enough things. There's never enough mountains to climb. There's never enough medals to win. There's never enough followers on Instagram. Nothing in the yeah. physical world can fill an internal spiritual hole. And the only way we can find, the only way we can fill that inner spiritual hole is coming home to ourselves. Who am I? What do I believe in? Can I see the magic and the mystery in myself? And when we go a little bit deeper, that most amazing question, who am I? Yeah. And when we begin to see ourselves through consciousness, we realize we're actually energy. We're infinite. And energy can't be destroyed. It can only be moved. So one of the first words we should use around ourselves is, I am infinite energy. And I am love. And we get to a stage where the ultimate expression of who I am is simply, I am. So they have to be clear on who they are and, and their own love before they can start anything. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I think I'd fully agree. Really, we need a world, we need a society whereby we allow ourselves to see and express the beauty within ourselves and we see and honor the beauty in other people. And I think that's an amazing gift. How do I every day begin to see the beauty in my own self? How do I celebrate my own self? How do I... What, how do I listen to my heart? And we have to realize that the brain and the heart are, are connected, but the heart has its own neurons as well. So the heart literally has its own brain. We know that the heart has an energy field, a vibrational energy field that is far powerful, more powerful than the brain. And we know that the heart makes decisions and sends that message to the brain. So the heart isn't just something that pumps uh, blood around the no. place. It's a living, breathing mind. It can think, it can operate, and it can function independently of the brain. That's why I suppose it's called heartache. You know, if anybody has ever experienced heartache, it's not just in your a sadness, whatever. For some people, they can feel it as physical pain. For some people, it has induced heart attacks. There's like all sorts mm. of things that, that do connect it, which, you know, sometimes people don't think of their body as a, as you're saying, a full uh, you know, all interconnected and not just parts of it in isolation. It all has to work together and therefore the right chemicals have to be there in order for you to live the life you need to live. Of course, and, and you, you've mentioned it, and there's, you know, um, broken heart syndrome uh, is a real thing where people suffer heart attacks and has all the symptoms of a heart attack and has the outcome of a heart attack. But when the doctors look at it, they don't see the blockage. There's no blockage. They don't know what caused the heart attack. And the more you look at it is people who've suffered high emotional stress or loss, mm -hmm. the left ventricle of the heart begins to change shape. Wow. And it's in the changing of that shape that the heart begins to function differently and out of sync. So we're beginning to change the structure and the function of our heart and the heart loses its rhythm. The heart goes into uh, uh, out of rhythm. And we know that when any part of the body goes into or goes out of balance, that imbalance becomes a disease. So we can actually put ourselves into balance when we live with more gratitude, more love, and we can put ourselves out of balance and we can put the different organs in our body, including our heart, out of balance because of emotional trauma. The brain, you, the emotional trauma and physical pain are felt by the exact same part of the brain. The brain doesn't distinguish, pain is pain. Pain is pain, okay. Um, for, we'll say, how important do you think that it is that someone have somebody special within their life? I know a lot of people that come to me, they are single, they're obviously looking to meet somebody, they might have great friends, they might have great family, but something is missing. How important is it for somebody to have someone special in their life? 
I, I think fundamentally we're social beings and from the moment we arrived on the planet, we arrived on a planet that was inherited by or inhabited by huge animals, dangerous animals. So the way we could survive was being in a pack, being in a herd. So we are social beings and we know when we are in a community, whether that's a community of one person or two people or 20 people, when we're in a community where we feel cared for and loved, we feel safer, we feel at home, we have a tribe and we feel protected from the world and protected from the universe. So that's a biological evolutionary fact. It's unity, yes. But, but I would also say that the first step is to, is to find that love of self, that inner compassion, to build that relationship with yourself. So it's very important that we have people in our life that we, we, we love, but that is irrelevant if we don't love ourselves because we won't allow ourselves to feel loved. Yeah, okay. So I think this first get that, yeah. most important loving relationship we need to build is the relationship I have with myself. And when I ask most people, you know, when you look in the mirror for 90 seconds, what do you see? What do you feel? Do you see love, joy, wonder, excitement? If I ask people at times when you speak to yourself, do you sometimes speak to yourself in a way that is unkind or unfair? Do you sometimes speak to yourself in a way that you wouldn't speak to a loved one? And why is that? So we break it right down to ultimate love begins in the heart and mm -hmm. ultimate love begins in you ex accepting you exactly as you are without condition. Uh, and the minute we begin to do that, we're no longer suppressing, we're no longer denying part of ourselves. And now we begin to see ourselves through the eyes of someone that is valuable and loved. And when we see ourselves as valuable and loving, then we can demand and we can ask better things in a relationship. We don't settle in a relationship. We don't settle for someone who doesn't see our own beauty. We don't settle for someone who doesn't treat us as if we're special. But if we don't see those things in ourselves, we may end up settling for someone who just makes us feel okay. But we're born to be so much more than okay. For anybody we'll say that is starting out in the journey, like people do come to me, I always ask them, why are you single? I've heard lots of different kind of versions of why people feel that they're single. And yes, I completely agree with they have to start loving themselves first. It's not just as simple as, you know, to say, right, from today on, I'm going to love myself. Is there anything they can specifically do to start on that journey? Is there anything that you feel like, you know, if someone is listening to this today and they're like, OK, I do want to make changes to my life. Where do they start? I think the key to any change is awareness first and foremost. So I would say, Get out of the business, get out of rushing and racing, get out of noisy coffee shops, get out, out of noisy places and begin to sit in silence with yourself. Begin to observe and listen to your inner voice. Listen to your inner stories and ask first and foremost, is that voice my inner critic or is it my inner coach? So that's the first part. Observe your thoughts, observe the types of things you say to yourself. And then through positive affirmations, you begin to change those things. So each morning you take 10 to 15 minutes to breathe, to think of gratitude, which we know changes the chemistry of the body, changes the heart. And then as we focus on gratitude, then we begin to visualize and we say really positive things about ourselves. I am a kind, loving person. I deserve all the love in the world. So I think for everybody that love is out there, but you don't have to chase it. Once you become a loving, positive, happy person, then the person's going to come to you. And that's where, you know, Newtonian uh, rule is that we have to chase things. 
is changed by quantum rule. So quantum rule is when I vibrate at a frequency of love and joy, and that's my energy, then people are going to come to me who I can love. Have you so ever strug struggled with loving yourself, Jerry? Of course. I mean, in my book, I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about the work. I mean, in my book, this was a journey that, you know, brought me to, to hell and back and mm -hmm. uh, where I couldn't accept myself, not even love myself. I, I actively despised myself. I thought, my, I, I thought I was a failure. And then in the book, I go through, you know, every single thing I had to do to change that inner dialogue, to change those beliefs, to change those emotions, to, to shift that anxiety. What is anxiety? I think anxiety sometimes is an overwhelmed central nervous system or it's an unresolved fear. And if you're living with, the, with a fear that you're not enough, then you're going to be anxious. So fear is the opposite of love. Or maybe fear is simply the absence of love. So we live in a world where everybody's so anxious, everybody's so fearful. But when you ask them, what are you actually fearful about? So the more we start to go on the journey that I did in the book around meditation, around listening to my own thoughts, around, you know, stop judging myself for what I'm not, begin to accept myself for who I am, stop comparing myself to other people, and slowly give myself permission to express who I am and begin to live life on my own terms, doing the things that make me happy and not chasing things that I think will make me good in other people's eyes, but actually chasing living a life that makes me happy. And I think that is success. I think sometimes people say to me, how do I become successful? And then I'll say, well, what makes you happy? I love playing music. Well, play music, then you'll be successful. So we follow your happiness. If successful, then we'll be happy, but that's not going to happen. Reading your book, about that, talking about that time when it was difficult, you know, you, you were finding it difficult to love yourself. One thing that I really kind of heard when I was when I was reading it was your loneliness. OK, so for a lot of people that come to me and a lot of people listen to this podcast are in a situation that possibly, especially the last year, has probably been for some people the loneliest year of their life. Mm -hmm. They've gone from maybe working in a fun office to working at home completely alone. A lot of my clients would be professionals, maybe living alone. Um, any of their social aspects may have closed off or they may have been mm -hmm. isolated from friends and family. And obviously then they're in a situation where they're single as well. So they're miss they feel like they're missing somebody in their life. Mm -hmm. So for many, it has been a very lonely time. Is there anything you would kind of advise people that are suffering from loneliness? I would say, you know, even in the pandemic, if you can meet people for a walk and a good conversation, it doesn't have to be someone that you romantically love, but, you know, someone who cares about you, someone that you can be vulnerable around, somebody who you can show your true self to, you know, so it doesn't have to be a romantic involvement, but it's finding somebody and having a conversation that really matters, having a conversation about how you're actually feeling, be willing to open up and share. I think that's what human beings do. Human beings, you know, always respond remarkably well when somebody opens up. There's a very human, very kind, very decent thing within each human being. It shows the vulnerability. We're afraid to have these conversations. We're afraid to show vulnerability. So I would say if you're struggling, if you're anxious, if you're lonely, find someone you trust and have that conversation. Tell them. Don't bottle it up. Don't resist it. Don't try to hide it. Share the thoughts. And the feeling, of course. Mm. Um, why do you think so many people find it difficult to find love? I understand the self-love, but is there anything else, you know, um, at the core of it that you, you think, like, 
a lot of people will say they come to me they say I often say to them you're not meeting enough people you know and therefore maybe not doing things that they enjoy I might say to them as well that uh, for some people they're they're great at getting on to the first second third date and they kind of at that stage pull away um, like it's one thing you talk about in your book is the love that you actively went after but also the love that you hid from mm-hmm. so like kind of is there a reason why people kind of run uh, you know a couple of days into a date or in a situation where they possibly don't let the, the love flow like like they should well i think it's self-sabotage and i talk a lot about this in the book very often we actually sabotage our own because if we believe we're not love good enough if we believe we're not lovable if we believe there's something about us that somebody won't like then we will actually dismiss the relationship we will disengage from the relationship before we have to expose that part of ourselves. So why is it so hard to find love? I think it's not. And I think we need to stop telling ourselves that story. The world Absolutely. is full of people. Yeah. So the story alone is, is defective. The story alone is, is constructing this reality. It's hard to find love. It starts with me. What do I believe about me? What do I believe about the universe? Every morning, you know, the energy that we send out is the energy that people either want to be around or not. So how do I become more loving of myself? How do I become more patient? How do I become more anxious? How do I become someone that's not distracted anymore? How do I become someone that's not on social media all the time? Because people, real good people, want to be in a relationship with someone who is real and genuine and honest and present. So if you're living... The real version of themselves. Yes, but if you're living a life where you're not present and you're distracted, then no one really wants to be in a relationship with that person. So essentially what you're saying is some people are standing in their own way. You know, they may be doing it unconsciously or maybe, as you said before, um, they need to kind of be aware of it. But essentially, you you would feel that most people are, are... are capable of love, are capable of finding love. But the thing is, they need to, one, start with themselves and two, once they're enjoying themselves and being happy and living maybe true to their own life. That's absolutely my thought, because ultimately we can't control whether people like us or not. We can't control if someone's, if the date of our dreams is going to be in a coffee shop or not. We can't control that. So why would we put energy into it? But what I can control is, if I do see someone in a coffee shop, have I the confidence to walk up and say hello? Have I the, 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 the belief in myself to walk up and say hello and introduce myself? Yeah, and the fear of rejection. We, so Yeah, that's where we start to come unstuck. Yeah. Very often the person of our dream is standing right in front of us for 10 minutes in a queue and we can't pick up the courage to say hello. I had a consultation with a lady yesterday and she was telling me that she really fancies this guy that's... within a sport that she does Mm. and I was saying to her you know like when was the last time you spoke to him she goes well I speak to him every week and I said all right okay and like you know do you flirt or do you talk Mm. or would you not just ask him out and her whole body changed her whole body was like like oh my god I definitely couldn't ask him out and I'm like but what's the worst that can happen she was like well if he rejected me like everybody would know and I said would they really though do you think would he tell every single person Like that would, if anybody said to me, oh, that guy asked me out and oh my God, they asked me out, you know, that sort of Mm -hmm. tone. I'd be like, well, aren't you lucky he asked you out? So 
you know, we put a few little tips in motion, some flirting tricks and everything like that. But for some people, it's not within their comfort level. Like, I think it's easy to say we should ask someone out, we should develop this um, on the forefront. I think it takes a lot of work from people to get from that stage, especially, I suppose, Irish people as well. The worst thing you can do sometimes when you fancy someone is let someone know that you fancy them. So in kind of the whole Irish society thing. So, you know, have you any tips on maybe approaching someone or kind of yeah. overcoming the fear? I would say, I mean, it's like someone saying, you know, I can go to the Olympics if I want, but I'm not going to go because I'm afraid I won't win a medal. Yeah. I mean, you'd say to them, that's over nonsense. Go yeah. and see if you can win a medal. So we only say it's rejection. I mean, if someone doesn't want to be in a romantic relationship with us, like I have loads of people that I love. I have loads of people that are my best mates, but I would not want to be in a romantic relationship. I know my best friends would not want to be in a romantic, a romantic. So that's not rejection of you. That is, that is, so we have to be willing to accept that not everybody's going to love us. Not everyone's going to like us. Not everyone's going to be in a relationship with us, but that's perfectly okay because we wouldn't want to be in a relationship with lots of people either. So, why do we fear rejection? Why Why would I even say that's rejection? You know, if you asked a friend out for coffee and they said to you, um, I can't make it this week, so, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it this week, we wouldn't consider that rejection. But when no. our when our hearts feel it, you know, it's that little chemical imbalance, it, it feels different. So I can understand why people might say it, but I think people need to think about it. Like there's no greater feeling in the world than being in love. I, I really believe that. So why not take the little risk, we say, to push ourselves forward? Of course. I think, you know, for me in life, it is about taking risks, but it's not really a risk because, like, if you approach somebody and you know that you're enough and you're lovable and you're loved, then if that person agrees to go on the date, fantastic. But if they don't, then you're still loved and you're still enough. Absolutely. And I 100% agree with that. Like, do you think that a lot of people because in fairness a lot of people who come to me care too much about what people think like a lot of people even if they went on a date with someone and they don't want to see them again they really have this desire to want to know if that other person wants to see them again it's like a validation thing you know um and i'm almost like but if you don't want to see them again why why is it relevant you know um know. but it's a it's a thing they really want to know but you know will you let me know when you've been talking to them do they want to meet me again it's I know. It's crazy. It's an insecurity. I mean, if most of us did a, a talk or a presentation or you stood up and sang a song and there was a hundred people in the room and then I said to you, you know, oh God, you know, two people down the back, they really hated that. What I'm really saying is 98 people loved it. Yeah, but we you focus know, on the two people, so we do. We, we focus tend on the to. two people. Yeah, we tend the to. The way I look at it is even Jesus couldn't please everybody. Yes. So if, if, if our life is trying to please everybody and be all things to all people and be accepted by all people, then we're on a road to nowhere. So it goes back to, can I accept myself? Am I willing to take a chance on something as important of love? Am I willing to, because there is no rejection, just because someone says no, what they're saying is no, not you, not me. You never really know why they say no. And sometimes they're saying no has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they'll say yes, just because they're like, people like confident people, you know, they're like, wow, okay, I never, I hadn't maybe thought about it, but it might be, yeah, I'll meet you for a coffee, you know, or go for a drink with you. I think people appreciate it, or should at least, I think the older we get, the more we appreciate somebody putting themselves out a little bit by, and it shouldn't be considered putting themselves out, but being a little bit more comfortable to say, hey, do you fancy meeting up sometime? 
Of course, of course. I think sometimes it's nothing more than when we're young, maybe and we're going in mass and we're going up to communion and you stumble. And you had this idea for a split second that everyone in the church was looking and laughing at you. Yeah. The truth is, nobody really looked at you because everybody cares. Their own thing. So if you chat someone up and they're not interested, for a split second, they're going to feel thankful, they're going to feel great, and then they're going to move on with their life. Yeah. So to think that people are sitting around talking about you and thinking about you, I think we They're need too to busy with their own lives, I think. People are too damn busy with their yeah, own stuff. Absolutely. So don't get too caught up. It's like in the communion, you know, as I said, you think the whole church was looking at you, but you nobody saw you because no one was looking. Um, for a lot of people, you know, obviously during the pandemic and lockdowns and everything, I wasn't able to send them out on matchmaking dates. So I said to them, look, whatever way you can meet people, give it the best opportunity and like meet up with friends, obviously, if you can, but also try a little bit more online dating. But obviously the amount of people dramatically increases that you're talking to when you're online dating so one thing I always say to them um, the more people you're talking to the obvious thing is the more times you are yes going to get dates but obviously the more times as well you're going to be I don't like using the word obviously again but rejected how can people manage their expectation in that situation you know people it, I know someone like yourself is going to find it a little bit easier we'll say I'm not even maybe even easier it's, they it's less relevant, we would say, okay, because you love yourself and everything. But for people that don't in that situation, and I, I don't want to keep bringing it back, but for a lot of people that have been dating, they have been dating for a long time. They think, are exhausted I, by the process, you know? But I think if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Okay, so, so they if, have to start. If you're afraid of rejection, if it means you, at some level you think you're not enough. And until you become enough, it's not going to work. And then also, who are you not enough to? Are you not enough to other people? So why would you Why would you care what other people think? And it's not exactly. that you shouldn't even care. It's that, why would you give it energy? The only enough is, am I enough for myself? And that's the only enough that matters. As I said at the very start, it's who you see when you look in the mirror. That matters. If you fear rejection, that's the answer. That's the clue. Until you change that, nothing's going to change. So when we start to show up in a new way, when we start to show up with a new emotion, when we start to show up with a new vibrational frequency, we're sending something totally different out to the universe. Okay. And we're beginning to manifest different outcomes. So everything comes back to that. Everything comes back to my inner beliefs. How do I believe I am myself? Can I love myself truly and wholly for who I am? And without judgment, without acceptance, can I go after the things I love? And can I continue to pursue the things I love without fear of judgment, without fear of rejection? Because I won't judge myself and I won't, re I won't reject myself. For anybody that isn't in that place, I think it's important to think for a moment. Imagine how that would feel. Imagine how liberating, imagine how free, imagine... I, and even as I say it, I'm breathing in a big breath because imagine how easy it is to breathe when that's not sitting on your shoulders. You know, it's it's it's, it's a it's bit of magic. Changing. Jerry, it's a lot of people that come to me um, would have a checklist of what they're looking for. Um, for some people, it's very specific. For some people, at the forefront is possibly how people look. For some people, um, one of the most important questions and the kind of thing they're trying to get through to me is, I'm a very successful person. I've done this. I've studied this. I want to get someone with a certain education or a certain earning capacity. For other people, they come to me and they're like, you know what, looks really aren't important. Obviously, I need to be attracted to them on some level. But for me, it'd be more personality and how I feel with the person. 
What do you feel are important characteristics when looking for a partner? I think what matters is how that person makes you feel. Yeah. That's all. If that person makes you feel enough, if that person makes you feel special, if you come alive around that person, that's the person. That's love. Love can't, love isn't intellectual. So writing down a checklist of the people, you might as well go into Tesco and just buy someone. Yeah. I think some people think that's what they're coming to me to do. (laughs) I always uh, say to them, I'm not Santa. I don't have a workshop. People come as they are, you know. Exactly. Love is an irrational, risky, where you bear your heart and soul to someone. There's risk in that. And if you're afraid of risk, it's not love you're looking for. You're looking for some other type of transaction. You're looking for some other type of arrangement, some other type of relationship. But absolute love is where you dare to bear your soul to someone because when you connect with that someone, there's an energy between you that is unstoppable and unshakable and it just brings your heart alive. When you fall in love, it is often with the most, the opposite type of person than you thought because your brain is a fear mechanism. Your brain makes lists based on fear. What would it matter what someone works at? Why would would it matter what they earn? What matters is how you feel when you're around that person. And if that person makes you feel loved and treasured and special and infinite, then you grab that person with all your heart and you forget about what they do, you forget about what age they're, you forget about what they work at, and you bind your soul and heart to that person. I think that's hugely important, but I think, do you feel that people judge people too quickly? I think we can only judge ourselves. Okay. So, you know, how, how do I know if someone's judging me? I, I only know that if I'm, if I'm going to ask and worry and connect to it. If I don't worry about what other people, it doesn't matter whether they're judging me or not. So if I feel judged, it's at some way I've, I've resonated with that or some way I've bought into that. So I've got to the stage in life where what other people think of me doesn't really influence me. It's what I believe in me. Am I connected and speaking my truth? Am I a loving husband? Am I a a present father? Am I a committed son? They're the only people that really matter. How I go on and with the level of work I do now and the topics I cover, I mean, I get resistance all the time. And I've been getting resistance for 20 years, people saying this isn't true. Well, thankfully now we have the science to say it's true. But like, you can't expect the world to love you. You can't expect the world to accept you. If judgmental people want to judge, well, that's okay. But that's nothing to do with me. They're judging me. I'm not. And I'm not judging them for judging me. Do you think you find that when you start on that journey, okay, so say you're starting from a place that's not that mindset, that's not this deep love of yourself, that's not this judgmental and and really not caring about people's judgment of you. Do you feel that the people around you treat you differently like one of the things that I often say in my master class is very often when you meet someone especially if you've been single for a long time you know friends of yours have gotten used to you being single that they can give you a call randomly at the drop mm. of a hat at 9 30 on a Saturday morning and you can be in the cafe at 10 o'clock like kind of on demand your family might be a little bit more used to you being single your mm. work like I've a friend I have a friend that was traveling over and back to New York constantly and you know she'd have a meeting the following day and she'd just hop in a plane and off and go and her company got so used to that how do you manage and because I feel it does you know you do have to some somewhere how do you manage the people around you obviously what I have found would say even with starting my business and 
kind of going on my own journey over the last few years, I definitely lost people that I thought would be friends. Um, some of my friends, they, the friendship actually became stronger because they were like, yeah, go do it, you know, do what you need to do. Um, and my friends and my family are 100% supportive of everything I've, you know, done and the adventures I've been on in my life. But there is going to be people that you would find and would like to stay in your life, but maybe are resisting you changing as a person. I think we all have to determine how we engage with people. So you're going to be treated in the way you demand. Yeah. So if I demand people treat me with respect and honour my time and honour my... Then either they will do that or they will find a way out of my life. So the long expression says, the people that matter don't mind and the people that mind don't matter. If you're the type of person that has to say yes to everybody, well, that says more about you than them. They're only asking because they know they'll get away with it. So they're not going to stop. So whether it's babysitting duties or whether it's meet me for coffee duties or meet me for coffee and I tell you all my worries and you sit there and be the peacemaker in this. As long as you keep turning up as that person, they'll keep using you as that person. So when we stop being that person, and when we start to turn up differently. So you have to enter a relationship knowing what you deserve, knowing what you expect, and you have to establish that early in a relationship. And Otherwise, teach people how to treat you. Well, I think you just, you just it's not about teaching, it's just about what you accept and what you don't accept. So your boundaries. It has to be clear boundaries. It has to be, con even for me, there's conversations that I won't engage in. I just don't engage in those conversations. And if I'm with a group of people who are intent on having those conversations, I leave. I don't, well, I don't surround myself with people who are just outside of what I want, what I believe in. If, you know, I believe in lots of things uh, about human beings. If I'm around people and they're having a conversation that's, you know, racist or I just will not be, I will not tolerate that conversation. Yeah. And I show them by my action. I get up and I leave. Or I say to the lads, either we change the conversation. Or I'm or out. Yeah. And we have to have that courage and confidence to be able to say to people, I'm uncomfortable with this. This isn't what I came here to do. Or to say to someone, just so you realize, every time we meet for coffee, this is what happens. We sit down, you ask me how I am. And before I even time to answer, you write down for 45 minutes about you and your life. And then we leave. Yeah. I've kind of had enough of that. But we have to have the courage in a nice, gentle way. And there are times we have to be there for people. And there are times we have to listen to people. But if it's happening all the time, if you're playing the same if you're playing the same role in every relationship and it's draining you, then the only person that could change it is you. I, I really believe that because very often I'm meeting people and they say to me, oh, you know, I'm trying to arrange a date for them. And they say, no, I have to work until eight o'clock whatever you know every evening I can't do this I can't do that some people feel I would think restricted by other people in their lives um, I I can't remember the name of the book but it was it, she talks about people loving to spend your time your energy and your money and when you actually look at it like that it, th people do and they tend to you know kind of kind of draw from you on that side do you think visualization can work to help you attract your someone special I don't think, I, I think visualization works full stop. We have the science for it. Um, but I think visualization, we can't be too specific about, who, I mean, the universe is in, in, in the role. Yes. There's another person in this. So all we can do is visualize ourselves turning up as someone that is loving, calm and positive. And the more we do that, the, the person's going to come to us. We have to trust the universe. 
if we're trying to force things, I mean, imagine in a nightclub, if you went around trying to force people, running around the nightclub, trying to get, I mean, you wouldn't do that. No, people like I'm next and they'd be running to the other end of the queue. <laughs> exactly. So when you visualise, visualise yourself being a kind, loving person that people want to be around and that people want to fall in love with. And that's the visualisation we need to be doing. But we know visualisation is really important. We know it changes the, it fires new pathways in the brain. It creates a new inner self-belief. So absolutely, uh, visualisation is really important. But don't get too caught up in, you know, who that person is, what they look like when I'm going to meet them. Visualise yourself as that kind, loving person that people want to fall in love with. So you're kind of visualising an energy coming towards you, we'll say, more so than... No, Tall, you're, dark, you're handsome. visualizing your energy. Yes. And then you know that when you operate from that energy, people are going to want to be around you. People want to be around loving, kind, present people. Okay, perfect. One of the things you talk about in your book is ego. Okay. And how that affects, we'll say, our how we present ourselves and the the people in our lives and things that kind of hold us back. Can you explain that a little bit further? Yeah, I think ego first. And people think ego is something to do with arrogance. It's nothing. Ego is the human part of us that forgot that we are part of a magnificent universe, that forgets that we were born to be loved. And the ego begins to try and make sense of who I am. So what am I? What's this body about? And it begins to get isolated and lonely. So the ego is always trying to protect and defend someone. And then we get fearful, we get anxious. So e when we start to dissolve the ego, we start to realize that this is a beautiful universe. It's full of love and kindness. There's ultimate opportunities out there for us. And when I release the need to know and predict and control and just turn that into a need to be, then the ego starts to disappear. And then now you're allowing the universe to do what it's meant to be doing. So we have to accept that we believe in, live in a universe that has a power and a force that is far greater than anything we have as human beings. So the universe has a plan for us. The universe knows we want to be loved. It's waiting to give us love. So it's around dissolving the ego by beginning to believe in the universe, beginning to experience through maybe meditation, this sense of connection, not just to other people, but a connection to something bigger. And when we start to realize as ego, when we release ego, we realize that we as human beings are not this masterpiece, that we're not the masters of the universe. We realize that the earth is an insignificant planet and this and the corner of an insignificant galaxy. And if the earth went 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 bang in the morning, the universe would still roll on. So what we are is not the center of the masterpiece of the universe, but what we are is an incredibly beautiful, powerful, tiny piece. And in that tiny piece, the more we begin to explore and understand the power and the vastness of the universe, is the more we realize that we couldn't possibly be able to predict when I'm going to fall in love or who I'm going to meet. The universe wants you to be loved. <laughs> 
So the universe is going to send you the right person at the right time when you are ready. I think it's very important for a lot of people to hear that because, you know, it is very difficult. Um, I saw a quote recently and it said it's very difficult to watch everyone else's miracle happen around you while you're at these weddings that you're, you know, for a lot of people, their friends are getting married. They no longer have a wingman or a wingwoman and everything. And it is difficult. You know, it's. I think it's somewhat easy to say oh look it'll happen it'll happen but to to genuinely believe it it will happen you know that just give it time it's just not always there's no time we'll say that is exact you you never really know when it's going to happen no and that is the ego when we put labels and time frames on something oh i'm you know x age now i need to be in a relationship oh i need to be having children oh i need to be buying a house we put these artificially human constructed labels and time frames the only time there is is now and the only time there is is to be happy. Yeah. So once we focus, it goes back to what we talked really about. It really does, yeah. Because on being happy, then now we're saying to the universe, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. And when you're ready to send me someone, they'll come. And they might even make me more happy. But I'm not hanging out as if my happiness depends on this person because now I'm getting to a state of desperation. And once we enter that state, then our frequency is desperation. Now we're back into being like the, the person in the in, in the nightclub saying, oh, Jesus, there's only half an hour left in the nightclub. Let's go. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. So each and every one of us will find our soul partner and it, it'll be someone in a place at a time that we never expected. And that is the gift of most people. The gift of most people who are married will say, you'll never believe how I met my wife and my husband. Yeah. It was the strangest thing. Well, it is strange because the universe is strange. But if you think you can predict and you can control, then that's ego. That is you thinking you control the universe. So everything happens exactly as it should. And when we stop fighting it and resisting and being angry at it and being desperate at it, and we just shift it back to a state of being and trust. Do I trust in myself? Do I trust in this universe? And each and every day, can I turn up as a kind, loving person, as a person that somebody would want to be in a relationship with? Yeah. And each and every day I do that. Then the universe will tell me who and when I'm, I'm going to meet my soulmate. For a lot of my clients, I would say during the lockdown, um, I suppose the uncertainty, okay? And uncertainty can, some people enjoy it and some people are terrified of it. So I thought... A lot of clients or a lot of ladies anyway were telling me they were looking into getting their eggs frozen because, you know, they weren't maybe trusting the universe and its time and everything like that. Is there things that you think we can do to to help kind of put ourselves, we'll say, in the right path? Do you think is it something that by making big decisions like that and obviously, you know, that it's kind of a, a tough one to talk about, but by making big decisions like that, are you bringing yourself on a different journey or should you completely leave it up to the universe? Like decisions like that, what should you do when you're make, trying to make a big decision? I will always say focus on what you can control. So if freezing your eggs gives you a sense of control. It gives you, you know, something that's time specific. So always look at what you can control, but also look at what you control. Where am I hanging out? What are the type of people that I want to meet? Where do those people be? So I realized a long, long time ago that the type of person I wanted to meet, you know, wasn't hanging out in a bar or a nightclub or 
they were doing something else. They were on retreat somewhere. So yeah, I started to look at, you know, where do I need to be? Where are these people? So start living the life you want now, not waiting start for when you meet living. the person. And, and, and exactly. But also go to places that's going to put you in the way of people who are like-minded. So the more you get to know yourself, the more you know what makes me happy. What type of conversations do I want to have with the person I'm married to? What type of lifestyle do I want? So if I want someone that's you know, open to travel and someone who likes to go on retreats and somebody who, then that's where I need to find that person. You're probably not going to find that person, you know, sitting in an office working nine to five. So a lot of us, it's around asking, who am I? What do I want? What's the conversations I want to have with the person I fall in love with? What's the mindset I'd like that person to have? What would I well? What would I love them to be doing? And where can I go to put myself in a position where I meet that person? And all you can do is keep putting yourself in positions, keep putting yourself in that space of learning and growth and self-acceptance and self-love. And the more you start to turn up as a as a, a person who is saying to the universe, "I'm ready to be loved. I accept myself." as who I am, now you begin to exude a confidence and an easiness and people want to be around those people. For a lot of, yeah, for for a lot of people that come to me would say are hugely successful in a particular area of their life. So they might Mm. be, now not all, so, you know, they might consider themselves um, extremely good business people. They may be sports people um, Mm. and they've put so much focus in one particular area of their life, yet they have no one to go home and celebrate the win with. They, mm. you know, they, and that's kind of what they feel is missing. Like they tell mm. me, I did a huge deal during the week, and I literally got in my car and drove home Friday evening to an empty house. Mm-hmm. How do you refocus your life, or how do you kind of, uh, you know, I always say to them, they need to start now, not waiting till they meet the person. But for some people, they say to me, oh you know, I'll make room for that person. And I'm always like, you need to start that now. Where would you, what would you suggest to those people? Yeah, I would say to people, think of breathing. So you breathe in oxygen and that oxygen is rich. It's really positive. But if you hold your breath long enough and don't exhale, there's no room for new oxygen to come in. So you're going to suffocate. Yeah. The only way you can create space for something new to come in is getting rid of something old. So whether it's an old lifestyle whether it's an old belief system, it's an, whether it's an emotional attachment to an ex, whether it's the belief that you're not good enough, you can't energetically bring another energy into your life, another soul into your life, until you've created space in your life. So, you know, if you've been building a business and working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it hasn't manifested in you falling in love, well, even Einstein said the definition of insanity is, com- is c- continuing to do the same thing, expect a different, different outcome. Thoughts, yeah. So what you have to ask is, where can I create space? What do I need to let go of? Now, sometimes that's a physical thing, but very often it's a belief system. What do I need to let go of? And when we create, only when we create energetic space in our lives, in our hearts, in our soul, can, can we take someone else in. Otherwise, we've no space. So when you think of space and time, a lot of people have no time. What I remind people is your life is 900 months, roughly that's your average life expectancy. We sleep 300, so roughly we get 600 months on this planet. At my age, I'm probably looking at less than 300 left. Yeah. So we have to have a good look at our life and ask, 
am I putting my precious time and energy into the right things? And are the things that I'm putting my time and energy making me really happy? Or is it time I begin to let go of some of those things and create a space for something new and something different to appear? Would the same then be said for ex-partners? You know, um, for some people, they come to me and they start telling me what they would like, you know, and the type of person they would like to meet and everything. And they start almost describing the wrecks. They say, oh, well, and this has actually happened yesterday. Well, Dave was six foot three. So I'd like to meet someone that was six foot three. And you're like, well, wait a second now. We're not trying to, it didn't, you know, Dave didn't really work out after that time. So we're trying to find someone else for you, you know. Um, would you say it's the same for partners that you need to kind of clear out whatever feeling is there in order to bring in a new partner into your life? Absolutely. You know, I think you have to become indifferent and indifferent sounds like a horrible word, but it's not actually indifferent. It's just I have no feeling towards that person. If you see your ex and you still feel angry or annoyed or fearful, they haven't, you haven't resolved, you haven't let them go. If you see your ex's phone number coming up and you're nervous, you haven't let them go. So you have to get to a stage of indifference. You're not even thinking about them. And if you meet them, it's like you've just met. So you've let that emotion go. And I think a lot of us experience the trauma of a relationship breakup, but we never really deal with it. We never let it go. And then that trauma, that hurt stays within us. And as long as it does, then we are somewhere still emotionally connected or attached to our ex. And if we are emotionally attached to our ex, then everyone's going to know that. Someone's going to realize I can't come into this person's life because there's no space and I'm not going to be in a three-way relationship. So you got to think of your ex. you got to think of what if I met them on the street tomorrow? What if they rang me for some reason? How would How you would feel? Yeah. And if that isn't, I'd be delighted to see them, but it wouldn't really bother me. If that is, I'd feel nervous, I'd feel anxious. If you think you'd have to cross the street and go the opposite way, it means that there's still a big emotional bubble that needs to be released. Okay. Um, for people obviously on their their dating journey, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there at the moment that are having difficulties and challenges with their mental health. And very often, what I say to them, it's you 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 need to focus on your mental health before you start maybe on your dating journey. Have you any tips for anybody that is kind of maybe? really suffering bad at the moment with anxiety, depression, you know, things like that that might be holding them back in all areas of their life. Yeah, well, you know, as my book says, you know, how we feel is both a a mindset thing, it's a good thing, it's an exercise thing. So we've got to think of our whole body as a state of being. So how you feel is how you feel chemically, electrically in matter. So each and every day we need to do something to move our body, move our mind, reset our central nervous system. Anxiety is not just in the head. Anxiety can be seen in your central nervous system. It's the firing of stress chemicals. So, you know, I talk about a code, a calendar of daily events. So to be our best, we need to replenish ourselves every day. So when I wake up in the morning, I say, what one thing could I do today to nourish my body, to nourish my mind, to nourish my, 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 uh, my movement? So I think it's around committing to a life of, you know, uh, movement, good food, good sleep. And the more we do that is the more we allow the human brain, the human central nervous system, the human gut to do what they're meant to do. And we were born to be calm. We're born to be present. And a lot of 
the disease we're experiencing is actually a lack of ease in the mind, a lack of ease in the spirit, because we're not sleeping enough, we're not eating the right foods, we're staying up too late, we're on our phones too much, and your central nervous system is simply overwhelmed. So I would say to people, begin to observe your own habits around food, around lifestyle, around movement, around social media, around how often do you plug, unplug in the day. And the more you allow yourself to become more balanced internally is the more your external world will become more balanced. If you were setting out on your dating journey, what three pieces of advice would you start with? I I know we've discussed them here today, but like as a stepping stone, where, where would you go? I'd say the first one is work on your relationship with yourself. Um, the second one is don't be afraid to express who you are. Be your true self. If someone's going to fall in love with you, it has to be with your true self. And then thirdly, I would say just have fun. Have fun. Life is fun. Yeah. Stop More looking for can... a husband or a wife. Just enjoy yeah, yourself and you attract them. Yeah. Forcing, stop forcing yeah. something. Just be you. Be present be loving, be kind, and someone is going to fall. Someone's going to come. That's just the way it works. Jerry, thank you so much for the conversation here today. I must say I really enjoyed your book and also the Audible. It's actually lovely to hear you reading your own or um, narrating your Audible because uh, you have a very calming voice, what I'd say. But actually what I would say is anybody starting out in their dating journey, and I actually have recommended it to to five or six different people even within the last week is to read the book for their own point of view but also to understand what's actually going on in other people's lives as well from a kindness point of view and being understanding because I think even as well since the pandemic we've had a situation where everybody's expectation of everybody else is so high like they should be doing something faster they should be catching up and everything Mm. I think everyone needs to slow down and realise kind of what's important in life you know so thank you so much for talking with us today uh, by absolute pleasure thanks Amelia so for any of you that'd like to read Jerry's book, it's called Awaken Your Power Within, Let Go of Fear, Discover Your Infinite Potential, Become Your True Self. If you would like to find out more about Jerry and Miriam Hussey's program, visit soulspace.ie. You have been listening to Would Like to Meet podcast with me, your host, Mairead Lachman. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you are single or you know anyone that is single and would like to meet their someone special, get in touch with us and we would be delighted to chat to you about our matchmaking service, dating masterclass and our dating events at Table for Six. Visit us at lovehq.ie and follow us on Instagram for simple yet powerful dating advice. And remember, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would leave us a nice rating and review. Thank you.